Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So glad you're here. So I mentioned we're talking about prayer this month. We're using Thich Nhat Hanh's book, The Energy of Prayer, a a Buddhist book. And last week we talked about a couple different forms, if you will, of prayer. Last week we stressed the idea of sometimes prayer isn't intended to do anything but just elevate your heart. That sometimes prayer isn't the idea of fixing anything or being anything or doing anything. It's just to raise our consciousness. It's just to feel closer to the divine. And, and typically, that's what song does, right? Uh, song or chanting or, or some of the things we do to get in tune with our higher wisdom self or with God. Those are a form of prayer. They don't have a particular outcome other than that closeness we feel, that sense of belonging to something greater than ourselves. We also talked, though, briefly, and here's where I want to focus today, on the idea of effective prayers. And by effective prayers, I mean ones that are designed to to change things in the world. Those would be the kind of prayers that our intention is something's going to happen. Something's going to move. The world's going to be different. And those are the kind of prayers I want to focus on today. I'm going to start with a quick reading from Thich Nhat Hanh about this idea of effective prayer. You'll see it fits right in with what we talk about most Sundays. He says, if there is a change in the individual consciousness, then a change in the collective consciousness can also take place. And when there is a change in the collective consciousness, then the situation of the individual will change. The situation of our loved one who is the object of prayer will change. This is why Buddhists say that everything arises from the mind. Our mind is a creation of the collective consciousness. If we want to have change, if we want to see the world change, we have to return to our own mind first. Our mind is a center that produces energy. From this powerhouse we call our mind, we change the world. We change it by means of a real energy in our own thinking and our own being. This is the effective way of prayer. Now, what power is this? You've got to wonder, is this some kind of magic or voodoo? What's going on here? Why can our prayers be effective? And I, and I have a little secret that isn't a secret at all. Of course, this idea, this positive force of prayer has been around since the beginning of time. And it goes by many different names. Uh, in ancient Europe, the Hermeticists called it as above, so below. The Buddhists, like Thich Nhat Hanh, have called it the law of cause and effect. The ancient Greeks called it logos, or the power of your word. Jesus described it as the principle by which it is done unto you as you believe. In science of mind, we simply call it the divine creative process, that where the center of our thought goes, so our lives follow. I want to start today with uh, maybe an, an example of prayer that will be uncomfortable to you. If we believe that God is everywhere present, if we believe that God is uh, everywhere powerful, then you've got to know wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that power and presence is right there with you, 
And whether you think of yourself specifically as praying or not, that power is there receiving what's going on in your head and what's coming out of your mouth. And one of the scariest forms of prayer I have ever seen was my 20 years of working at a telephone company in the break room there. And for 20 minutes, about 30 people at a time would pray the most negative stream of thinking you can imagine on your life, right? The prayer was, I'm not paid enough, and the prayer was, the working conditions are terrible, and the prayer was that the materials are never here so we can put the phones together in time, and it really doesn't matter if we do because the customers are terrible, and they're always complaining on the phones, and blah, 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 blah. And if you don't think that was a powerful prayer, think again. And where our mind goes, so our lives go. And so that prayer, that 20-minute break of a prayer, had those people in misery for an entire career because God was busy fulfilling those prayers just like God fulfills every prayer. And so my suggestion to you, if we believe this is true, if we believe that it is done unto us as we believe, then our beliefs have to change. If we want to see world peace, we have to believe in world peace. If we want to see friendship and love between us and our neighbors, we have to be all about that. We can't spend our life complaining and expect a different result. We can't spend our lives criticizing and expect anything other than criticism being reflected back to us. And whether you think of it as the golden rule, whether you think about it as having a positive attitude, or if you want to think more precisely of it as using the divine creative process, it's working whether you know it or not. You have to look no further to see what your prayers are than to look around in your own life if things are going really well, then your prayers, if you will, the consciousness that you're putting out has been pretty good. And if there are things in your life that are not going the way you want, if there are things in your life that are contentious or troublesome, then believe it or not, that too has been your prayer. Now, I'm not suggesting you get up in the morning and kneel and, uh, and pray for a, a terrible day. I'm not suggesting that. But remember, God is on 24 hours a day and seven days a week. God isn't just on when we sit down to meditate. It's not just God when we clear our minds for a moment and think about the world as we would wish it to be. And so part of what we believe in the science of mind is that we have to be a little bit watchful of what we put out, a little bit careful about what's going on in our mind, because to God it is all a prayer. Okay, so we've talked about this divine creative principle. We've talked about the idea of having in our own mind that which we wish to see. Now, I'm not getting all Pollyanna on you, though, right? I'm not suggesting that we ignore negative things happening in the world. I'm just saying that if that is what we dwell on, we should expect to see more of it rather than less of it. What I'm here to say is we need to do the things that need to be done in the physical world to take care of business, absolutely, and at the same time, as best we can in our mind, in our prayers, in our, in our willingness, in our intentions for the world, we hold that on high. 
We think about what we want to experience, not what we don't want to experience. Our prayers are about the future as we would choose them to be, not a pity party about what has been handed to us so far. Make sense? Okay, so now I'm going to talk about prayers in general and how you might craft some that are more successful than others. And of course, to get started, I have a joke for you. So the toys had been reluctantly laid aside, and in her 90, the little girl, only five years old, knelt down by her mother's knee to pray. Her eyes, which all day long were alight with mischief, now reverently closed, and she haltingly began her prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep, she began, and continued with some pauses, with some starts and stops, with the time-honored prayer, her rapt face rising occasionally from her hands, took on an angelic expression in its purity. With a fervent amen, she ended the prayer and then jumped up, her eyes alight. Now let's say Jack Horner sat in the corner. I know that one by heart, she said. (laughs) So the reason I told that joke is I think some of us who do pray, at some point it becomes a little rote. At some point, it seems more like a memorization exercise or something that simply I do before bed or something that I do at a certain time and from one day to the next, it sounds about the same and it feels about the same. I want to challenge you on that. If your prayers are nothing more than a a kind of a recording of your own mind, you're probably not putting a lot of passion in it. You're probably not putting a lot of creativity in it. And what I do know is that simply playing it as a record is not the same thing as being in the room with a live performance, right? And so I want you to be fully present for your own prayers. I don't want to be this something that's phoned in. And to put that level of passion in it, I suggest that we really have to take a moment to think about what's coming out of our mouth before we're in prayer. And I have a suggestion for you, and I've done a little bit of homework already for you. In your programs, there's a little suggestion for you. So you don't have to take notes. And this is simply a generalized format that we use in this church to develop effective prayers. And I just simply want to work through it real quickly with you so that you can do this on your own with some confidence. So first of all, to have an effective prayer We need to know what the purpose of it is. If we want results, we need to know what we want to have happen with some level of clarity. Now, I have heard people say things like, well, I'm just praying for my best. Or, I'm just praying for God's will. You know what? You're already getting God's will. So, praying for God's will, expect more of what you're getting because you're already getting God's will. If you want something that's different than what you have now, knowing what the purpose is, knowing what you'd like to have in your life is actually important because God will respond to that. And God responds, I think, best when it's stated affirmatively of what you do wish for rather than praying about what you're trying to avoid or not want to see in your life. So let's not be doing prayers around, I I hate my job, get me out of this job. Because that prayer is apt to get you out of your job, but it may not... But it may not get you into a new one, right? All right. 
So instead, let's pray for a job that's fabulous. Let's pray for a job where your, your talents are respected and where, where you're, uh, you're paid a decent wage and you have the benefits you want. And there's even money left over at the end of the month for, for having a little fun and going to a concert or something, right? Let us pray for the fullness of what we want in our lives. If you're feeling lonely, let's not pray about feeling lonely. Let's pray about love and the connection to other people. Let's pray about seeing ourselves living in joy with, with other people and, uh, and reparations with family that have been exchanged, right? The idea is we picture ourselves as best we can as though this desired change was already ours, and then we formulate the prayer around that. So the idea of purpose, very important. What is it that if I actually had it would make all the difference? And you know what? The it isn't usually an it. So if you find yourself praying for an it, I want a job, I want a husband, I want a check for a million dollars, I would ask you, what are you going to do with that thing? What does that thing represent? Because you could get a husband and be in a world of hurt. <laughs> right? There might, e- there might even be a few of us here that have experienced that before. <laughs> right? So ask yourself, what would the new job bring to me? Would it be safety and security? Because maybe that's what I want to pray about. I want a job that brings me the safety and the security and the economic stability uh, that I deserve and that I choose to have in the world. Rather than praying about the husband, we would pray about the connection and the love that I would feel with someone special in my life. Make sense? So we're actually praying about the quality of our experience and not necessarily the thing. Okay, the actual five steps here are really easy. The first one is simply to recognize that God is all-powerful. How can I expect to have my prayers answered if I have my doubts about God itself? So the first step, recognition, is simply to recognize that God is all-powerful. God has everything I could need or want. God has it all. God has all the love. God has all the abundance. God has all the sweetness of life. I recognize it's present and available in the power of God itself. The second step is the hardest one for a lot of people, and that's just to recognize that if God has it, God would want you to have it as well. There's no reason to exempt yourself from the flow of love and life. And so you claim it yourself. As God has it, so I have access to it. It's God's good pleasure to give me the keys to the kingdom. God's love can be my love to have an experience. God's abundance can be mine in my own life to share with other people. The goodness that God has is also mine. And then the third step, believe it or not, is simply to state in an affirmative tone what it is you're willing to accept in your life. So a healing for your daughter, a a job that brings you the the contentment and and ease of being that you desire, the uh, reparation of of a relationship gone bad, whatever it is that's in your heart to accept or that you're desiring, you speak out that experience as though it were already yours. 
Step four is nothing more than gratitude. That which we are grateful for will tend to expand in the world. And so if I'm grateful for it, even if I haven't got it quite yet, it starts me looking for it. It starts me noticing the avenues and the ways of bring that will help that come into my life even quicker. And then the final step, and here's where a lot of people have trouble, is simply releasing that prayer. And this is about faith. How many people here have ordered things from Amazon.com? Oh my gosh, it's like nearly everybody. Okay, well now I'm going to show my age a bit. Because I remember when Amazon.com was new, and I remember placing my first order. And you know what? I was suspicious. I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to order things from the Sears Robot catalog. Well, now I really am showing how old I am. Uh, But sometimes it would come, sometimes it wouldn't come. Sometimes it would come six months late, and they would talk about back stock reorders and sometimes it would come and it'd be the right size and the wrong color and then alternatively it would be the wrong color and the, but it was never right i gotta tell you i was shocked when i order something on amazon.com it really comes when they say it's gonna come and it really is what they say it's gonna be And although I was suspicious at first, right, from those early experiences, right, I'm out on the porch, did it come, did it come? Oh my God, there there it is. What I trained myself pretty quickly is to have faith. I didn't worry about whether there's a warehouse in my town. I didn't care how many employees at Amazon.com are needed or not needed or whether UPS is involved or FedEx. You know, I was suspicious and wanting to know those things at first. I don't care anymore. (laughs) Because what I know is I pressed the button that says order. Oh, and by the way, last year I joined the Prime (laughs) I know. So two days later, it's on my porch. Why wouldn't I have that level of faith in God? Do we think that God is inferior to (laughs) Amazon.com? Now, I, I know... And I know I'm speaking a little, a little on the edge here. I know I am. I know I am. You can call me on the carpet later. But I think there are people in this room, and on a bad day, I might be one of them, that has more faith in Amazon.com than my own connection to a higher power. And i got to change that. If I'm having that bad day, I need to stand up and recognize that I can change my thinking around that. That I can have the same level of faith that my prayers will be answered as I do in ordering some weird doodad over the internet. So how do we build our faith? I'll tell you one thing. We build our faith by practice. The first time I made that order on Amazon.com, I was suspicious because I was used to ordering, well, my mom used to ordering things out of the Sears catalog. Always went crazy. So the first few times, I'm building my faith. 
And I would like to suggest, and those of you who hang around in these rooms more than one Sunday will recognize I'm always giving out a little homework. And so I'll, I'll, give, you the, I'll give you the homework right now, and we'll talk about it again in a minute. I would love it if each one of us would do one of these effective prayers every day. Now, I gave you a bit of an outline there. If you're not sure how to pray, or if the prayers that you're used to saying aren't as effective as you would like them to be, pretend I'm just introducing Amazon.com for the first time. (laughs) And I invite you to give it a try. And my suggestion would be, if you're not used to praying, just find a place in your life every day consistently for a week, and I don't care what you pray about. Pray about world peace, pray about the health of a loved one, pray about you getting a better job, pray about just your day going better than usual. I don't care what the prayer is, I want you to build some faith in God, in your own connection to your higher power, to make a difference and a change in your lives. And if you build up that faith, if you have some consistency around this, you'll begin noticing differences. You will begin to notice, maybe not the first time and maybe not every time, right? Because we have this idea that it doesn't work all the time. We have these beliefs. Well, I know so-and-so who's so pious, prayed every day for her son for 10 years, and he never got any better, and so therefore prayer is bunk. Your experience, as they say, could be different. Your connection to God will be unique and as powerful as you make it. Let us not somehow conclude because someone else had a bad day that you're always going to have a bad day. So let us not assume that because someone else's prayers are not answered that yours will not be answered. We need to test it out. We need to to give it the chance to build a little faith. What I know about prayer, it's the combination of using positive words and having faith. It is no harder than that, but it's also no easier than that. It's the combination of positively telling the universe, telling God, telling Buddha, whatever tradition is in your heart or in your background that you feel comfortable with, it's simply a matter of telling that, that collective unconscious that is bigger than you with clarity and with love what it is that you desire to have happen. And then it is simply your faith. So let me quickly summarize here. First of all, effective prayer is a prayer where you have a goal to change things. It's fine to pray even when you don't want to change things, of course. But sometimes you want things to change. You want to see world peace in your lifetime. You want to see the equality of the sexes. You want to know in your own heart that if you're a young black man, you're not going to be pulled over by every policeman in town, right? You want to see change in this world. Those require effective prayers. We create an effective prayer by changing our own mind, by bringing forward that which we desire to have happen in the world. That has to be our prayer. And this activates that divine creative process. And whether you call it the, uh, the logos principle from the ancient Greeks, whether you call it uh, the divine creative process as we do here, uh, whether you fall back on Jesus' words that it is done unto us as we believe, you use that power 
through your prayer to have the world change. Now in Science of Mind, we simply use this little five-step treatment plan. Uh, we call it a treatment, right? It's like, I've got a problem, so I'm going to have a treatment for it. But it really is just an affirmative prayer. And uh, on your little cheat sheet, too, you have both how to pray for yourself and pray for someone else. If your prayers are already effective, great. You don't need to use this format. If, uh, if your prayers are answered, you go for that. If, however, your prayers seem less effective than what you would like, try this on for size for training wheels. Fair enough? I already gave you your homework. Using your handout, do just one prayer every day this week and note your results. By noting your results, you'll begin increasing your faith. You will begin to see that with great frequency, your prayers are not only answered but exceeded. And not only do they come, but they come fast. You can start right out as a Prime member if you like. It's true. All right. So I want to close today with a sample. Is there anyone here that has a condition they would like changed? Uh, let's, yeah. If, if you don't mind, Sharon, yeah. So what would you like to have different in your life? Okay, I want a special relationship. All right, a special relationship. Sounds great. So I'm going to do this prayer as though I were doing it for myself, but know that it applies to everyone here. And we're going to use the five steps. So first of all, what's my purpose? My purpose is to have someone meaningful and special and filled with love in my life. Are we good on that one? All right. So let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. And this one is everything and exists everywhere. That means all the love of the universe is present within God. Without question, God, as we say, is love. And because God is everywhere, because love is everywhere, I know that in my heart, likewise, I am loving and lovable. I stand for love. I am love. And as it is true for me, I know that I draw to myself the perfect partner, the, the perfect person to share my life with. I recognize in my life that there is that, that special relationship, that special communication where, where people are honored and where non-judgment is at home. I draw to me at all times the love and the light of other people. I do my part with clear communication. I speak the words of love because I expect them returned to me. And I honor and love the people around me always. And I expect that the world does the same back my way. That love is mine. That joy and peace is mine. Even as I give it away freely to others. And so even as I am desiring this special relationship, I tell you what, it is looking for me too. I irresistibly draw to me that pure, loving relationship. And for this, I am grateful. For this, I recognize that the full love of the universe is here, and it is with great gratitude that I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law. I simply let it be. I turn it over with great faith and love to the divine. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here.
so glad you were here. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.